And just a disclaimer, we are not doctors. Information shared in this podcast is not meant as medical advice. We do not intend to diagnose, treat, or cure. We intend to delineate knowledge for educational purposes only. Did you put both bags in the jar? Mm-hmm. Damn it, no, I ate it all this week. <sighs> well. So you're out of oh. candy corn. Yeah. I guess we'll deal. Let me zoom this out. Welcome to Native Trees and a Bag of Weeds podcast. Spooky editions. Yeah. So, I'm going to let you start um, this week and just fill us in on how your week has been going messy. I don't remember. <laughs> Same. <laughs> a lot of work. Uh, oh, I got a, a had a family emergency this week. Oh no! Is everybody um, okay? Yeah, I reckon he's all right. What happened? My lovely husband decided to stab himself in the leg while I was at work. Oh, what an idiot! Yeah. <laughs> That's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> uh. As I readjust really myself, good. trying not to hurt myself. Yeah. I like, I like facing it. But we've been keeping Boo Boo Balm on it, um, and yeah. it's looking pretty good. I've been trying to use the healing magic of uh, calendula, comfrey, chamomile, plantain, plantain, yarrow, yeah. yarrow, lavender essential oils. There was lavender yeah. and frankincense. Oh, and myrrh. No, <laughs> no <laughs> that, just frankincense. That was a joke. That was a joke. Um, but not really, because you can use for, like yeah, myrrh oils. Well, yeah, anytime yeah. you read in scripture or any historical <laughs> book about herbs and spices, it's seldomly about flavoring food. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. But, yeah, that said, so I'll fill in on that. Which is the cool thing is, which I don't know if it's cool. It feels kind of cool, but right now my no, leg... the numbness is not cool. Yeah, my leg is numb around the knee area um so i definitely severed some nerves but i did not hit um the main artery there so that's cool too very close uh, yeah. i would like to see the scans to see just how close you were to hitting your femoral yeah, they, artery they, they did an x-ray just the main purpose of the x-ray was to make sure as long as the blade was, uh-huh. it was a six inch, making sure i didn't break um my bone there yeah when it went in but it didn't go the full six inches it was only about three so that's nice Wow. Yeah. yeah. So then after your traumatic phone call, uh, anything else cool this week or related? I grocery shopped. Nice. Nice. You cooked some, cooked some greens tonight. I did. Got some olive branches today. We finally wanna... made my goldenrod tincture. Yes. I did yeah. finally get, get a new thing of vodka to make tinctures with. Oh, yeah. Got some chicks today. We did get some chicks from today. From May Soap Company. Yeah. Um, we'll just... Got to see butterscotch. Yeah. Yeah, the chicken. Yeah. So our friend uh, who owns the May Soap Company. Which you can um, find online, by the way. Yeah, you can find her online. Uh, We follow her on TikTok. And if you follow her on TikTok, she has a half-blind hen named Butterscotch, who is kind of her house pet chicken. Does whatever she wants, goes whatever she wants, Mm because she's (laughs) half-blind. I got to meet Butterscotch today. She's so sweet. And she gave us... Um, some tea olive, not tea olive, just olive yeah, tree. Olive. Olive tree leaves. 
um, which are apparently antiviral. And you also read about olive branches in scripture. Yes. So, yeah. um, so she gave me a branch to make a tincture out of that as well. So that's going in my antiviral uh, yeah. little medicine cabinet that I got going on with the sweet gum and uh, the mullen and... And, and and I think I have yarrow in that combination too. Yeah, I got some yarrow tincture up there. Nice, very cool, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So I didn't. So my week, um, of course I stabbed myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've covered that, but I did my interesting podcast related notes from this week is I went down. So I'm on an adventure, like I was, I was drawn out. It might be a years years long adventure, but. So I've determined this patch of baby pawpaw trees, right? Mm-hmm. Is this this cluster? And originally I thought, well, one started and they they like to colonize. So I figured it was just a colony coming off the same root system, but it's widespread, like over tons of the woods, like tons. And I realized that everywhere I'm finding pawpaws is the flood level of that swamp. So what had happened was my theory, which I truly believe is pretty accurate. Is there is pawpaws somewhere around that swamp that dropped, yeah, yeah, the upstream, and that had dropped during a flood stage or dropped and then it flooded, and then as the water receded, the seeds stayed and it just created washed up pawpaws. Yeah, so the line of where that the water water line would explain it why you haven't been able to find the adult. Yes, because the adult would be right. No telling where it's at. Yeah, no telling where it's at. But on my um, adventure or mission to find Papa Pawpaw Tree, the Pawpaw <laughs> Pawpaw Tree. Um, I ventured my way all the way down to the swamp, which I've never reached before. It's been unreachable due to privet, and uh, there's a lot of spots when you get closer to the swamp where there, it's not forested, so you get so much sunlight. There's just so much vines mm-hmm. and briars, green briar, privet, and all this. Even the beautyberry is just like. You can't even walk through it. Yeah. So I went down there this weekend with my machete and I cut a trail to the edge of the swamp so that I could get down there to where it's clear to help search for um, the pawpaw trees. And in so doing, um, found all kinds of like cool stuff that's yeah. not in this Is upland. Is that where you found the, mulberry, the red mulberry? Yeah. So once, once you go into the woods, you're still in... Like it's almost bottom land, but mm-hmm. not quite. So it's still a lot of open species of um, some different oaks and hickories and things like that. But once you go past that pawpaw patch, which is where the waterline will be, it's a drop off to true mm-hmm. lowland. Um, so I found the baby tulip tree we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got old growth tulip everywhere, but we want to plant one um, in the yard. So, but you can't transplant a hundred right. year old tulip tree or older, like their son is a couple hundred years old. Um, so we, I've, and I've not been able to find a small enough to transplant tulip tree anywhere, but I finally found one of those. Yay! Yeah. Um, we got red mulberry, tons of blue mist flower, um, a new variety of St. John's wort that I knew nothing about, winterberry holly. I mean, uh, there was another one. It was the uh, Virginia Sweet Spire, which is a it it would be a very great um, yard shrub. Oh. It puts off these pretty, like dangly 
clusters of white flowers, kind of shaped like a pokeberry cluster. Okay. But it's a prettier shrub, um, and the seeds are edible. So once it flowers and you have seeds, like you don't get much out of it, but yeah. you can, you know, hmm. and they're very pretty. What was that called again? Uh, Virginia sweet spire. Okay. Yeah. So I'll have to look into that. Yeah, and there was just like I reached an entire new level of new species. Yeah. And tupelo trees, black tupelo trees out the yin yang, which we just got some tupelo honey mm -hmm. um, from the guy that runs bees on our place. And that's obviously the, the source yep. of that. And they're putting off seeds. And I was actually earlier this year shopping for black tupelo trees to plant around the pond. So now I'm just going to collect the seeds are about ready. Um, I'm going to collect a bunch of black tupelo seeds and start them in the greenhouse over this winter. Very so nice. we'll have tons of yeah. black tupelo to sell and propagate around the pond. Yeah, this spring is going to be very exciting. Yeah, yeah. we got. I got a lot of plans that we've got a lot of tackling to do. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it turns need out. need a greenhouse to use to start with. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's it'll be there. We got a few more weeks before the first frost. So So you want to guess what I'm talking about today? Oh, uh, is it that time now? Uh-huh. Let me, uh, let me see. Let me see. So last, ask your questions. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. thinking. Okay. I'm going to think out loud so there's not big awkward silences in the podcast. Oh, I like big awkward silences. Oh, so. Sorry, I didn't mean to be distracting. <laughs> no, I was trying to make an awkward silence. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, dang, my, my week's a blur. I think I hit a brain nerve too. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's not apples because you're trying to convince me to do that. It's not elder because you did elder last week. Mm -hmm. Is it sage? No. We're not to sage yet. We're not to sage yet. Um, you're not going to get this week's either. I just felt oranges. Like exactly what it is. Good <laughs> job. No. So what I'm talking about today is actually not necessarily like a Halloween related our herb um it's technically not even an herb um tomato potato tomato <laughs> anywho yow pan <laughs> <laughs> oh hmm. um let's see it, it's it has kind of like a really cool folklore to it and kind of a spooky sounding name is why uh, I picked it. But it's not Halloween related, so to it's speak. It's just spooky sounding name. It's just spooky sounding. And I thought it fit in the theme very well. Cantaloupe. Yeah. Doesn't that sound scary to you? <laughs> That's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> can you spell it? I can, actually. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Cantaloupe. <Okay. laughs> so I want to talk about dragon's blood. Dragon's blood. That's dragon's cool. blood. Did you even know that was a thing? Uh, yes. Oh, yes, okay. I do. I've seen dragon's blood stuff. Marketed yeah, before. there's one sitting right over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. there's dragon dragon's blood um, soaked sage bundle over there. Um, so dragon's blood is actually a resin. So I said it's not an herb. It's a resin from a group of trees known as dragon trees. Mm -hmm. um, and these are of the Demonorops family they're palms mm -hmm. um, most found in like asia india um, there's the... some in like mexico peru and ecuador yeah um, but there's like four or five different varieties of this type of palm they're all referred to as dragon trees 
Is this a source of dragon fruit? No. Oh. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, dragon's blood is most commonly used from Dracaena draco, which is the dragon tree found in the Canary Islands, and also um, the uh, Dracaena cinnabari, which I don't, I don't remember getting a location on that. I think that one's in a couple, but those are the two main species that are used for um, this resin. But there's also the Croton Draco of Mexico and Croton Lechuri of Peru and Ecuador. Hmm. Uh, the tree itself has a thick trunk. Um, it's a palm um, and has an umbrella-like canopy of sword-like sword leaves, much like a... Um, What's that plant you did? The yucca? Yeah. Yeah, much yeah. like yucca. The leaves are shaped very similar. They're a little <laughs> softer. But so when I say umbrella, I don't... I always think of like this, but it it makes like a Y. Oh, And yeah, then yeah. the leaves come out the top. Yeah. So it's this very unique looking palm tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it has white flowers and then um, grows berries that are orange when ripe. Oh. Um, and then you can actually get the resin, I think, from the seed of the berries also. But so the resin is bright red. So basically you do any kind of injury to these trees, they bleed a bright red sap. That, that's actually pretty dope. Yeah. So it's blood red. Um, and of course you get this resin and you get the, you know, you end up with this blood red crystalline resin when you get mm-hmm. done. And it has a lot of uses. Um, so I wanted to know kind of why it's called dragon's blood. Like I get the blood reference because of its color, but why specifically dragon's blood? And that led to them being called dragon's trees. So there were two things that I found, two legends. (coughs) The first of which that I found was, um, Hercules. Hercules was tasked with bringing back three golden apples from the garden of Hesperides, which was guarded by a hundred headed dragon. And he, of course, defeated the dragon because he's Hercules and uh, cut off his head, spilled his blood. And wherever the blood was spilled from this hundred headed dragon is where a dragon tree grew. Hmm. And that is where you get dragon's blood. But then there's also um, a Hindu legend. It says in Hindu scriptures, it was written that a great battle ensued between a dragon and an elephant. Um, these represented uh, their gods, Brahma and Siva. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dragon bit the elephant, drinking all its blood until the elephant died and fell down. And when it fell down, it fell onto the dragon and crushed it and killed the dragon. Oh. So you had these creatures, they both died at the same time. And it said that the mixing of their blood is what created this uh, magical no. blood in trees and this resin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the two legends that I found and why it's called um, Dragon's Blood. So I'll go through all the like lots of folklore that goes with it um, since it is spooky season. Uh, Dragon's Blood has lots of uses in Wiccan, Hoodoo, Voodoo, Shamanism, and lots of other like basically any kind of folk magic ritual um, can use dragon blood, Dragon's Blood. It's considered a sacred resin. Um, It was used in um, 
folk magic for love spells, spiritual protection, and for casting out darkness. Some people believe that adding a pinch of dragon's blood increased other resin's powers. Um, it was said that they would use dragon's blood oil as ink to write spells, which gave That's the spells neat. more power, but it also looked like you were writing with blood. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can get it um, for smudging, like in sage uh, soaked in it for smudging. Dragon's blood tree berries are heavily valued, um, especially in India, among the Hindu, uh, particularly as food for livestock. They say that even just a handful of berries um, can improve the health of cows and goats. That's neat. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neato. And so they're like, the berries are marketed. Like, it's a very prominent part. Yeah, I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. It's a very prominent part of um, their economy. Yeah. Um, so, Dragon's Blood has its history also, with as much as it is in folklore, is also deeply rooted in traditional Chinese medicine. It was called Long Life Blood because they believed it extended a person's lifespan. It was also mentioned by Pliny the Elder. Again. Again. I love his name. <laughs> so I was very excited to see him pop up again. It is mentioned in his encyclopedia. Hmm. Um, Egyptians used it as a dye and uh, for mummification. The Hindu believed that the incense of dragon blood when burned cleansed you of your sins. Uh, the Spanish explorer and naturalist uh, Bernabe Cabo Observed and recorded the indigenous using dragon's blood in Mexico, Ecuador, and Peru in the 1600s. Uh, so we'll dive into some more of the science uses. So there was a clinical trial found um, in the Journal of Traditional and Complementary Medicine, and it found that significant results showing improved healing by day three as compared to placebo effect. Hmm. So they had, I think, like 60 people wide range of ages so you have a wide range of like healing ability mm -hmm. and they had wounds that were measured um and you know 30 of them got a placebo 30 of them had this resin applied to the wound and within three days um they already started seeing improvement in the healing and wow. shrinking of the wound huh. could use some of that yeah <laughs> um another other limited studies uh, showed benefits in healing pressure sores and diabetic ulcers. Wow. Um, which I'll cover in a little bit. Kind of comes from the thought that, like, especially in Chinese medicine, they focus a lot on, like, blood flow. Yeah. Um, and so it was believed that dragon's blood increased blood flow and increased circulation, and it's actually a little blood thinning. And so this idea would kind of, and you take into effect its um, antimicrobial properties and... Um, anti-inflammatory properties and you add all those three together with something like a bed sore mm -hmm. or a diabetic ulcer which both have problems with circulation it's the reason that those things usually occur and you're fixing that prop that root problem so yeah. it makes sense that it would be used uh, you know really good for that because you need increased blood flow in those areas uh, an in vitro study in the bmc complementary and alternative medicine looked at dragon's blood as an antioxidant um, and its antimicrobial properties as it affected um, bacterial and fungal growth on food and determined that it would be a good alternative natural food preservative. Wow. 
Another study used dragon bloods to shorten dragon's blood to shorten traveler's diarrhea and found that it didn't cause like rebound constipation. Uh, research at the Chinese Academy of Sciences found um, they took out, like they isolated all the compounds from dragon's blood, and they found two of those compounds, when isolated, were beneficial in killing H. pylori, which is that really mm-hmm. harsh bacteria in your gut that can cause really bad ulcers. Um, though they did point out that it would have to be taken at like really high doses uh, mm-hmm. to get that effect, the same effect as like antibiotics and things you would get in Western medicine. Um, it's been used in anti-aging skincare. Also been used as a dye, and its consistency as a resin um, makes it a great varnish for instruments. And it's very commonly used on a specific brand of violin. Huh? Because yeah, it's I was just looking varnish. at pictures of the resin, and it's pretty. Yeah, uh... it's pretty gnarly looking, ain't <laughs> yeah, it? Yes. I like it. Yep, that's definitely gonna be. Yeah. The, the picture for it. But look at the tree's shape. Isn't yeah. it very neato? That's wild. No, not that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. 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 It's so cool looking. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. It's like a... They're it's, apparently very easy to naturalize, too, or to use as, like, yeah. houseplants. It's like an extremely massive mushroom. <laughs> They're very Like, neat. the limbs look like veins. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's pretty, pretty diggin' cool. Like a... It's a very neat tree. It will be a cool tree to bonsai. Yes. Like, that will make a cool bonsai tree to train and keep, like, small in mm-hmm. the house. I think I think you can get them to, to do that as, yeah. like, house as a house plant. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty neato. Um, so, the energetics of Dragon's Blood, it is drying, cooling, and tightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the constituents are flavonoids, phenolic acids, steroids, and ter- terpenoids. Um... And, of course, all these are very common. We hear all of those constituents and a lot of the things that have the same actions that are wound healing, anti-inflammatory, um, antimicrobial in general, but especially antiviral and antibacterial. Um, they have, And it has blood thinning properties. Uh, the different preparations you can get from Dragon's Blood. Uh, you can get it as an herbal supplement, like in a capsule. Mm-hmm. You can also take it as a tincture. Um you can get it as an oil. Um, I think Eva has it as an oil. Um, you can burn it as an incense. Uh, liquid tinctures, topical creams and ointments. Um, I will point out that safety during pregnancy and with children is unknown. unknown. Yeah. As, not many people do enough research. It's on really that, hard to justify doing a study on a pregnant lady because I of mean, the risk that yeah. you have there. So I get why there's not, you know, why there's not a whole lot of research in that field. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's just like, that's tough though, because most everything we do is the risk during pregnancy or unknown. Yeah. Like, but, you know, that's a special time in life. So. It is. Yeah. And then it would be really hard to, you know. Like, who do you test that on? There's a lot of, <laughs> right. And there, well, there's also so many factors that yeah. it's, a, it's hard to control. Um, that and everybody's so that different That kind of experiment, too. yeah. such different reactions to there's all a lot of There's of a lot of factors that go into yeah. a pregnancy in general, much less uh, you throw in, you know, a, a testing and type of herb and stuff like that. So yeah. um, just precautionary. Um, while it's not... Okay, I was going to say it's not touted as unsafe, but there's no research showing that it is safe either. I did find one article that... Um, Mentioned traditional Chinese medicine using it as an abortifacient, 
herb and to like help with menstrual flow and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't find any science that backed that up and that was only in one article. So hmm. I don't know that for certain. Not enough to like actually put that claim in here when I'm discussing it. Oh, yeah. um, but just be careful if, you know, you're choosing to... Anytime, really, anytime you're yeah, taking any Anytime herb, it comes to herbs and pregnancy. Yeah. Tread carefully. Certain. Yeah. So I know I didn't have a whole lot and I think I kind of read through it fast. I just found it very interesting. That's a very and cool one though. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. That's dragon's blood resin. Oh, yeah. And it's herbal and medicinal uses. That's wonderful. And yeah. now I kind of, I'm um, very anti-planting uh, non-native plants around here. But as an indoor plant, and I haven't, there's some people that are like really into bonsai. That's mm -hmm. like an entire hobby within itself. <laughs> um, Is that not like a... It's not a type of tree. It's, I thought you, it was a type of tree. No, you can take um, any near about any tree. I mean, some better than others, but then you like train it into its Didn't own. Didn't we see small... a TikTok video where someone? It looked like somebody had bonsai an apple tree. Yeah, yeah. That was very weird. You can do it with fruit trees, on um, fig trees. A lot of people use fig trees, but hmm. a lot of your bonsai, like, like if you drive through Cottondale, I think there's several. Mm -hmm. There's store, a lot of they stores. They yeah. bonsai trees. I just thought it was a type of. Tree. A lot of your like African. And trees from the area, Greek, you know, all in that area. Um, a lot of those trees seem to be the more popular mm -hmm. when it comes to the popularized shaping bonsai. them and stuff. Yeah, and that one, when I see it, it looks like it does look like it something looks like that something you would, would bonsai. Be, yeah, but it's a palm. I don't know that you could bonsai a palm. I mean, bonsai anything if you try hard enough. Well, <laughs> it's got a very thick trunk. Yeah. It's all within, it's a, it's an entire science there. I listened to a podcast on it a while back on like an entire oh. two hours of bonsaiing trees. Wow. And it, it's like, it's one of those hobbies you got to like commit to. I don't to. listen to that many podcasts to yeah, say that I've listened to a yeah. bonsai epi episode. Yeah, you, you got your, your podcast you listen to. I have my one <laughs> and I've branched off to like, um, they did a, I listened to, and that's why the we The spinoff, yeah. It, well, not really a spinoff, but one of the hosts for, and that's mm -hmm. why we drink, got with her brother, and they have their own podcast. Um, and it's very funny, and I do enjoy listening to it, but it was a good, like, reprieve when I kind of needed a break from binging, and that's why we drink. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been a while since I've, I've listened. I binged them for, like, a, maybe a dozen episodes or so, and now I'm right back to, yeah. I'm like, working on within a hundred episodes of being done like like caught <laughs> up with and that's why we drink so um i am like a whole year behind but yeah, i'm catching yeah. up rather rapidly that's awesome well the cool thing is that uh, if you're a fan of our podcast you can catch up pretty quick now um this is episode 13, 13. yeah right in time for halloween 13 hey. yeah that's pretty dope okay that's pretty dope um well that's cool dragon's blood i'm kind of I like the pictures. We can of just it. say that we're recording this on a Friday. Yeah, we're recording this on Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> um, so, anywho, so I think that's probably the quickest I've ever handed things off to you. Uh, which and this way, okay. So, I've got a few articles I'm pulling from that I I don't have my compiled notes, but I've got all the articles pulled up because this kind of bounces in a few directions. I think this is. You're going to get to guess it. And this is my first hint I'm going to give you. Is This is probably the first tree that I'm going to cover that I do not have the first bit of personal experience with. Okay. So, it is native. It is native to the eastern U.S., but I do not have one, and I have not laid hands on one. But, 
We're sticking to the spirit of traditional Halloween-esque Is it the apple tree? No. Oh. I've touched an apple tree. I mean, (laughs) I haven't. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, Is it a fruit-bearing tree? If you consider nuts fruit, as they are. But yeah, it's a a nut tree. That you haven't had any personal experience with? That I haven't had personal experience with, and it is in the birch family. It's not a walnut. No, it's not a walnut. Because you've had walnuts. Oh, yeah, I have. I've handled all kind of nuts in my it's life. It's not a chestnut because that is a hit. That's, yeah, that's a for Christmas, Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah. Um. God, what other kind of nuts do we? What is a spooky nut? It's not really spooky, but it has deep ties to Halloween tradition and folklore. So what's a, Hall- a Halloween nut? Oh, I did read something about Halloween nuts. I did. I don't remember what it, I remember not recognizing the name. Yeah, but was, I do remember. It was utilized reading. a lot in Halloween like in the fires, like using yeah. it for spiritual significance and stuff like I that. I don't remember recognizing the name of it though, but I remember reading about a nut. It was in the oh, paragraph. You, you right would recognize under... this. You would recognize this. And I will say, I will say, this is your last hint and you'll probably get it. Um my only experience I've ever had with the nut is it might be my favorite flavor of coffee hazelnut yes okay <laughs> i've and oh yeah the hazel tree yeah i, I, I guess i just yeah. didn't put together that the hazelnut comes from which yeah. the, the hazel no it's tree, not a witch hazel not... witch hazel's not even in the hazel family oh interesting yeah so witch hazel's like this totally different thing which i'm like that would be cool because it has witch in the name right but um which also did have yeah halloween yeah, uses absolutely um, but the hazel tree that produces mm-hmm. hazelnuts is I, in the it's I in the birch family. About hazel trees. And there are to keep it on a native note, there are European varieties which a lot of the folklore um, that I'll go into and kind oh, of discuss revolves around because most of it around Halloween yeah, comes it's from Europe. A lot of um, Celt tradition yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about that last week. But there is an American hazelnut that does have deep roots um, to Native American uses and stuff like that. And it's very closely related. And the difference that I found, now we are talking about hazelnut, the scientific name Corillus Americana um, is the one I'm talking, referring to because okay. it's Americana. Um, I was about to say, sure oh, it's not Americano. Yeah, I'm, it's a, it's a, <laughs> hey, don't, Sorry. that guy. Y'all, that he guy. got corrected on TikTok for how to say something and by a very Yo, arrogant, okay. not in a very respectful Quick funny way. story, <laughs> quick funny story. The guy's like, it's not pronounced Yopan, it's pronounced Yalpan, or whatever he said. And so. He said it was not Yo, it was Y'all. But then yeah. I went to his TikTok and he was calling it a Yappin. A Yappin. And, and in his video, he phrased it as a question and said, this is a Yappin. Or however, however you, you pronounce it, it. That's how I'm I like, say okay, it. so this guy don't know anything. Right. But then, so I'm calling it a yopon, and the reason I call it a yopon holly is because when I did my research on it, the um, articles that I read included pronunciation and specifically said yopon. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we have this conversation with TikTok guy this afternoon. Which yeah. Thought he knew everything because he's a beekeeper and he knows about the plants that they use, and bees are very particular with their. Yopon Holly, apparently. I learned this after the fact as I went and met our beekeeper. Yeah, it was really funny how this kind of played <laughs> and, out after you posted yeah. the video response to and this guy. And so I got to talking. The bee guy um, that keeps bee houses or bee boxes on our land, 
So I went out to go get some honey, and I got to talking about him so I could ask him about beeswax for us to use in Messi's products. And he's like, I'm really into bees, and I've been learning a lot over the last few years of doing it, but I'm, I'm just now getting into trying to learn about the plants. And I'm like, how about that? I'm interested in bees and don't know much, but I have a podcast about native plants. <laughs> and so we got to talking, and the first question was, so do you have any Yopon holly around here? I'm like, ah, so I'm not the only person that pronounces it. It's not that, even the yeah. twang. I had it correct. It wasn't, yeah. Webster's Dictionary. But then what I don't get is when I was, you know, I was trying to be respectful, like with a little, <laughs> there was a little um, sneer to my response where yeah. I thanked him for his professional advice. That was totally <laughs> sarcasm. Um, but then I was trying to give him a benefit of the doubt, like, you know, Maybe. No, he came off as... He really did. He's come, an asshat. Yeah. Lots of people so. come on there and correct you or that say, hey, this is what this is. And you take that and you're like, you know, you're correct. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I missed that yeah, in my I've research. done that before. He came off very yeah. arrogant and just condescending. And then when I was like, you know, maybe maybe you heard Yopon because of his twang. Like maybe it was his twang and how he pronounced it. And he's like, he doesn't have a twang. I have a twang. I'm like, sorry, anybody listening to this podcast doesn't think Jared has a twang? I don't have a twang. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how to respond to that. It was never in my life. (sighs) I I mean, it's one of the reasons I fell in love with him was his twang. So anyway, it is pronounced Americana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Americana. Yeah, it is in the Birch family. Common names are American hazelnut, hazel, hazel bush, which it is more... It is like the, it's a shrubby tree. It's not like a, it's not a shrub, but it's not, a, it's like in between. Like it a, don't, it don't it, grow super was big. It the persimmon that, yeah, persimmon. You were talking about being a shrubby tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds like an insult. But what, oh, what I was going to say is that there have been a lot of cultivated varieties and, you know, mixed varieties where they take this one and this one and try to make a very good, that's what you usually buy at your big box mm-hmm. stores um, when it comes to any fruit. Um, but as with anything, they have um, produced those to make larger nuts so mm-hmm. that they have more capacity so they produce larger fruit, but in at the expense of flavor. Yeah. Um, and even com- compared to the European varieties, the American hazelnut is smaller, but has the most flavor. Can we hear, can you hear that through? No. Okay. I would stop it if I could. So the American varieties has the most flavor of all the varieties. Um, and hazelnut's a pretty, pretty notable flavor. I, I love, love it. hazelnut it's in my a, coffee. Yes, hazelnut's where it is at. Um, oh, that's what um, Ferrero Rocher chocolates are. Aren't they hazelnut? Yeah, I think so. They and hazelnut in the There's been a big push of hazelnut butter lately. Like I found some type of candy bar a couple years ago. I can't remember what it was. But it had hazel hazel butter in it. Hmm. And I, it was it was. Awesome. Oh, I love some Ferrero Rocher chocolates. Yeah, yeah. So hazelnut is pretty pretty awesome. It is a, it is a shrub. Um, this website particularly calls it a shrub. It grows up to ten feet tall. Um, I'd you know I'd classify it between because it's very woody. It's a yeah. woody shrub. It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, a woody shrub. Um, the stems and leaf stalks have stiff hairs. The leaves are heart-shaped, double-toothed, growing to five inches long, and the plant flowers in April to May. Um, and it is found in thickets from Maine to Georgia, and then from Missouri and Oklahoma to Canada. So, so not like, as 
low here or um no really uh, hazelnuts from what i would stop it at about north alabama i think that climate you know you get this climate change mm -hmm. once you leave the the once coastal the plains foothills, yeah. yeah once you start getting into you know birmingham and then get into the foothills of the appalachians that's probably where you'll start seeing I more i bet i bet you can find them in north carolina i bet you can find them in north carolina without a doubt um let me get to some of my other notes here because i do want to i'm going to get into some of the lore surrounding i'm excited yeah. i never and get to hear you talk I, about lore. i know and i found okay so i was gonna make like I had, You're not a, a folklore type no, person. No, I am, but not openly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm super into folklore. Like, I'm super into it, but not like, I don't know. It's a weird relationship I have there. Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with my owls that have some sort of connection mm -hmm. with me in the woods. Definitely. But, um. Anyway, let me find... Let me find I've even got a poem I'm going to read tonight. But first, I want to go over some of the, like, just basic what I typically go over. Mm -hmm. Right, so is it edible? Is it medicinal? Things of that nature. Let me see here. You're not going to cast a spell with it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so some of the food uses, it is obviously... I don't know what that... <laughs> apparently we're in... Food, food uses. Food uses. Some of the food uses. It is obviously edible. Um... American hazel produces delicious nuts, and they are well worth seeking out if you do any foraging, which we will not be finding any around here unless I can get some to grow. I would like to. I would like to have some hazel bush um, around. It wouldn't get too hot down here for them? Maybe, but if I can... <clears throat> when we get to the point where we have maybe multiple greenhouses, I might can make it work. And you can make work. them bigger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it is a... Pretty substantial plant used in permaculture, um, which if you don't know what permaculture is, what I'm trying to establish here. I want to learn so much about like um, permaculture and there's another word. My brain says herbiculture, but I know that's not right. <laughs> yeah, I know but what you mean. it's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. horticulture. Yeah. That's the Hort word I was looking for. Horticulture. Horticulture, yeah. not herbiculture. That's still so funny. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm so frightened to touch his <laughs> leg. <laughs> no, so, I bump into it and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I mean, obviously with something that anything nut producing that's going to produce edible, flavorful nuts is going to be heavily utilized in permaculture. Where permaculture is the use of perennial trees and shrubs that's going to produce food year after year so you're mm -hmm. not not a garden not agriculture um where you're replanting annuals um let's see native american uses now with with the food uses i mean you can bake it into cakes you can grind it down you can eat just the nuts so it it has kind of like a pecan has the shell around it then you open it up then it's the nut with the shell mm -hmm. it's kind of the same way so you get it out and then you just break the shell open and the nuts inside it, it looks a lot to me um, looks a lot like a chestnut or I was about to say it looks buckeye, a lot like a chestnut. Or like a, a flattened it's acorn. It's not lobed like a walnut no, or no, a pecan it's, is. It's like an acorn, uh, oddly shaped acorn. Yeah, just a nice little um, bow. So to say, Native, so yummy. Yeah, Native American uses. Um, There's very notable, ins notable instances of it being used in Native American culture. 
Um, let's see, medicinally, uh, of course it was used as food in like several different tribes that it brings up. Um, it says that Native American use, they were dried, ground up, and made into meals and gravies used to create mush. Um, and the oil was used for hair and mixed with bear grease um, for your hair. Um, but medicinally, the Hurons used the bark poultice of the hazelnut tree for ulcers and tumors. The Chippewa used hazel and white oak roots combined with the inner bark of choke cherry and the heart of ironwood for hemorrhages um, or serious lung conditions. I was going to say, that sounds like a really good combination for yeah. like cold it, and flu. Yeah. Um, and similarly, the Ojibwa used the bark poultice on cuts and it does have astringent qualities mm -hmm. like many of your nut trees. Yeah. Do so. Anything with those astringent qualities is going to be good in a poultice on cuts near about it. Which was my first thought when I stabbed my leg. I'm mm -hmm. like, I need some persimmons because that's like your number one. Yeah. Just gonna dry it and tighten it. But we've used goldenrod. Like yeah. that was the first thing I, I said to you is, did you tourniquet? <laughs> have you tourniqueted it? Can you get to goldenrod? And I could not get to. Right. My leg was completely. Yeah. Uh, it had yeeted out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the inner bark was used by the Chippewa along with butternut or inner bark of white oak, um, as a dye for blankets, rushes, and more. Um, I'll see a recipe was given to Erickson Brown, which was the author of this book that, uh, native, um, plant uses and stuff like that. I'll drop the name of the book in the episode description. Um, but he, he was noted, he had a recipe to use the holes from the nuts to set the black dye of butternut when boiled with tannic acid. So it helped your other things that you used for dye to actually set the dye mm -hmm. into whatever you were using. Um, and the Chippewa and Ojibwa also made drumsticks of hazel along with brooms and twig baskets. And the bark was also used to expel worms in a oh. similar fashion as walnut. So it was a very, very utilized... Uh, um, nut in Native American culture. Uh, now, so, I know what you're excited for. We're going to get into some of the lore. The spooky stuff. Yeah. Now, that, there was a, a quick tidbit that if you used a hazel wand, mm -hmm. um, you could, like, scare snakes away with it. Oh. Uh, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What are we holding on for? Oh, while I'm holding on a second. I'm just going to talk a little bit. Did you, are you still recording? <laughs> yeah, I'm recording. Up. Uh, just a couple of the quick legends, myths, and stories. Um, according to old timers, eating too much, too many hazelnuts can cause gas, stomachache, and headache, which, I mean, anything that you eat too much of can do that. Um, but they claimed if a snake was struck with a hazel wand, it became stunned because it is a pliable and will wind closer around the snake to limit its motion. And then country folk, and this is an interesting tidbit that I will say that is probably accurate. Um, that country folk claim that if hazelnuts have thick shells, the winter will be bleak. And if their shells are thin, the winter will be mild. Which I think is pretty accurate in the case of most nuts. Yeah. Okay, so I was looking up, um, and I knew it wasn't Harry Potter's wand, but I wanted to know. I knew that they had, I think one of the wands that he tried was a hazelwood wand. Yeah. And so I was just curious. Uh, but so, uh, Sybil Trelawney is the only wand I can... Mm -hmm. um, 
she was the fortune teller lady. But anyway, that's a little. Oh, you wanted a Harry Potter. I wanted reference. a Harry Potter reference for because you were talking about hazel wands, and I was like, surely there's a Harry Potter reference in there somewhere. So I went on the hunt and didn't find anywhere. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> except unless you're a big Professor Trelawney fan. Uh, yeah. So it it's used in. Halloween divinations. It was a Halloween love divination, as you mentioned on. That makes so much sense. Yeah, Professor Trelawney was the professor of divination. We don't have to connect it to Harry Potter. <laughs> but I wanted to. We don't. And we I don't, did. We don't have to do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> should I should I kick it kick this off by reading the poem? I think that's make a good sound clip. Sure. Should I read it like spooky like? It ain't spooky. Is that your spooky it, voice? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll close this because I've got another little article I want to go into, which I, I tried to flesh out and study, and I did, but there's so much, and there was one blog in particular. Like, I wanted to compile my notes, and I know how to do that, and I've, but I found this blog that, like, if I did it myself, mm-hmm. it would just end up being this blog. Yeah. So I just have it pulled up on my phone, Um. so I'll tackle in a minute but this one was specifically just make sure you reference them oh yeah absolutely ah that's numb (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm trying to get comfortable you're good um and when i was reading about it here it says that halloween night was a fantastic time for divining future husbands um so as you mentioned there were fires incorporated Mm -hmm. into um halloween ceremonies in early culture that and then while those fires were going, there was really a lot of spiritual significance in a lot of different areas where a lot of divination and a lot of different mm-hmm. things like that was the time to do your divination, yes, because the fires yeah. were burning and it was already like spiritually, yeah, you got that thin veil, and so yeah. you've got more connection to the spiritual realm. And yep, yep. But uh, William S. Walsh wrote in 1925, he writes how on October 31st, cabbages are torn up, torn up by the root. Hemp seed is sown by the maidens, and they believe if they look back, they will see the apparition of a man intended for their future spouse. And they hang a smock before the fire on the close of the feast and sit up all night concealed in the corner of the room, convinced that his apparition will come down the chimney and turn the smock. They throw a ball of yarn out the window and wind it on the reel within, convinced that if they repeat the pater noster backwards, whatever that is, um, and look at the ball of yarn, then they will also see this apparition. Mm-hmm. And so that leads us to that many of the customs and methods of divining mentioned by Walsh involving Halloween night are impractical for today's use. However, one of the big ones is the burning of hazelnuts was... Oh, Lord's Prayer. I've, as much as I know, did not know that. <laughs> Didn't know it was called <laughs> the Paternoster. The Paternoster. <laughs> All right, kids, we're going to say the paternoster before we go. Yeah, I don't have a twang, though. <laughs> um, so all of that to say that that was a very complicated divination to mm-hmm. bring up this apparition. It's basically a husband. love spell, Yeah, which is funny you did that because I didn't go into, like, super detail on how. I didn't want to feel like I was, like, telling you how to use dragon's blood for witchcraft. I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. There was a mm-hmm. lot of um, articles on that. Um, but one of the ways that they used it, like, in spell work for love was using it as, like, ink to write the spells or write their lover's name, like, who they wanted to be their husband. They would write his name oh, yeah. on paper and then perform, like, these rituals very similar yeah. to what you just spelled out. 
Um, Sounds like a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) (laughs) Blank space. Oh, but anyway, so you had the one with all the different things and the ball of yarn and the apparition and the Mm -hmm. chimney and waking up at night and Santa Claus coming down the chimney and (laughs) it's like... Some of the lazier gals would like an easier spell in order to get a husband. I mean, that's where hazelnuts come in. It says that the burning of hazelnuts was an easy divination to reproduce. That two hazelnuts are thrown into the hot coals by a maiden. She secretly gives a lover's name to each, which is the hazelnuts. I mean, if one of the nuts bursts, then that lover is unfaithful. But if it burns with a steady glow until it becomes ashes, she knows that her lover's faith is true. Um, and then he actually recounts there's a poem written in 1801 referring to the hazelnuts in this love spell. Hmm. It was used on Halloween night. It says, These glowing nuts are emblems true of what in human life we view. The ill-matched couple fret and fume and thus in strife themselves consume. We're from each other wildly start and with a noise forever apart. But see the happy, happy pair of genuine love and truth sincere. With natural fondness while they burn... Still to each other kindly turn. And as the vital sparks decay, together gently sink away. Till life's fierce ordeal being passed, their mingled ashes rest at last. And this was based on the hazelnuts mm-hmm. being thrown into the fire. Very cool. So, yeah. That was, uh... The, then I dive in. I'm going to scroll down here. Oh, that is not what I meant to pull up. But uh, it was utilized also heavily by... The Druids in Celt culture. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what a Druid is? Sort of. Yeah, me too. Same. <laughs> uh, so the Druids were like very high up um, people of relig- religious yeah. stature, but also a lot of like doctors and, and shamans mm-hmm. and like anybody with any... I think in my head I just see them as like basically Celtic spiritualists. Yeah, yeah. But anybody with any like status and then crossed mm-hmm. over into that spiritual, it seems like that's what... When I think of Druids, I go back to um, like WWF and like The Undertaker would have his entrance with the bells and all the lights would go off and he would have all these Druids holding fire torches out for his entrance and they always, always called him Druids. Oh, see, Druids makes me think of... Um... What is that game everybody is always playing? That Quran's trying to get us to play. Oh, D and D. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I've never played D and D. I D&D. think they have druids in that. I game. I think that I would be so good at D and D that nobody could hang. <laughs> because my brain is weird, man. <laughs> uh, so let me scroll down. Uh, Hazel and Western magical traditions. Um, in Keth in Catholic, Celtic, in Celtic mythology, hazel was an extremely important tree and tied directly to the mythology of the Druid tradition. In Irish mythology, in the Fenian cycle, it is written that the hazel tree is the very first tree to come into creation, and that all of the knowledge of the world was contained in the hazel tree. Ooh. The salmon of wisdom lived in the well of wisdom. Did which, you say salmon? Salmon. Like the fish? Uh, no. This is some translated foreign language. On brought on phaza, which translates to the salmon of wisdom. Oh, okay. Um, it may be fish. They live in a well of wisdom. Okay. I don't know. 
Um, they were surrounded by nine sacred hazel trees with their wisdom-containing nuts. And the nuts of the trees dropped into the water and eaten by the salmon. So, yes, the fish. Oh, okay. Yeah. To clear I'm, that up. Yeah, yeah. putting it together now. The first person to catch and eat the salmon would gain this knowledge. Oh. While many tried and failed, Finnegus, um spent seven years fishing and finally caught it. Seven years. Yeah. For a salmon. Seven years for a salmon. That I sounds, hope it tasted really good. Sounds like my fishing trips. <laughs> <laughs> Finnegus set his apprentice, the young Damini Mayol, to prepare the fish but not eat it. And Damini sets the fish upon a spit and begins to cook it. In the process of cooking, when the fish is nearly prepared, Damini burns his thumb and puts his thumb in his mouth to ease the pain. And, of course, acquires all of the knowledge from the, the Salmon from of the Wisdom. Salmon. Oh, no. Yeah. And Demni becomes Theon Mac Cumhel, the leader of the fabled Fianna and hero of many Irish tales. Those students that of Wisdom. That should have been yeah. Finnegus's. He accidentally. Oh, yeah. no. But it was fate. It was fate. I mean, That's yeah. why he burned his thumb. You know what I mean? But seven years and he didn't even get the wisdom, man. I'd be <laughs> no. so pissed. Uh, and those students of Welsh Druidry will note the similarities between this story and the one describing how Gwion became Telesian, on which is a bunch of names in folklore and Irish culture. I'm not I love Irish. It. Yeah. Um, in modern revival Druidry, the wisdom of the hazel and the salmon of wisdom in the sacred pool remains very important symbols of tradition. Nice. Yeah. And then there's a whole other article even below that outside of Druidry, just uh, lower around the hazelnut in particular, but it all revolves around the nut possessing wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like it is a source. It's a wise, considered wisdom. a wise tree. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And That's I, why I like the Ferrer Rocher. Yeah. And, getting with this wisdom. Yeah. Um, and, and here, this is some Western stuff, Um, even getting out of Ireland. It says that while the mythology surrounding wisdom and creative inspiration comes from the British Isles, I think the mythology is strong for those of us practicing Druidry in the U.S. So even in U.S. culture and Druidry and those who practice those sorts of things, um, the hazelnut remains a staple um, as a source of wisdom. Very cool. Yeah. Even to the point of some claims that it inspires i forget the word that they use for it but like the wisdom it gives you inspires inspiration like it draws inspiration for mm -hmm. you um so it's pretty cool that's so, pretty cool we yeah. draw in, we throw in some hazelnuts into a fire this halloween i don't have any hazelnuts we can drink some coffee or throw some Ferrero Rocher into a fire I'm for about Halloween. to drink all the hazelnut coffee. <laughs> I didn't realize it was such a Halloween-y <laughs> uh, Me neither. I, and, and now I need, now I really need some Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, and I'm without a doubt throwing that blog in, or that website, in the show notes because I, I copied, I read a lot out of it. Um, but like I said, if I made notes... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to reword yeah. some stuff. Like there's only so many like, They did such a good say. job. But Sorry, they have thanks. an entire series on sacred trees. Mm. So there's, and elder is included in that That's list. Neat, um, yeah. Chestnuts, there's a lot of different trees that are native to the U.S. And they try to focus on native, native plants. So I'm, the next couple weeks, I know what website <laughs> I'm going to be going to. Very um, cool. But I'll probably fulfill my promise and go with apples in the next week or two. 
It wasn't a promise. I've just been bugging you about it. I just happened to point out that when the you apple me, was yeah, a it, Halloween you, tree. And... Yeah. When you bug me about something, that means that I promised to do it. <laughs> that's how marriage works uh, not ha- usually usually if i bug you about something you just like spitefully avoid it which is what i was afraid you were doing <laughs> no, no, this no, no, apple no no because topic. i have i have drank enough hazelnut coffee in my life that i know to just do what you're bugging me about <laughs> <laughs> well i'm very excited for the rest of this month i actually i don't have notes for it all so i'm not like ready to just dive in and record it all but i know like i have what I've what I'm planning to do, and I'm yeah. very excited. Um, yeah, I get. I will so, say that my next two episodes are going to be more predictable than the last two. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, mine, my week. The reason, one of the reasons, I didn't have prolific notes of my own, is because I got sidetracked. You stabbed yourself in the leg. Not, no, not that. <laughs> as far as my studies. Um, but the tree that I actually studied most of this week wasn't Halloween related. Um, we'll probably cover it closer to Christmas. The yapping holly? <laughs> the yapping. <laughs> no, we can't pick on people on this podcast. We'll get canceled. Don't do that. The, the ankle biter holly. No, uh, no. We can just the, nickname him the ankle biter. I got so, because I got so into yope on holly this week and then... Along with that, so Holly's, I'm not going to go super into this, but just to, to why, is there's several Holly, we have three different species of Holly in our woods. Mm-hmm. You have Yopon, which contains caffeine, like I mentioned last week, mm-hmm. which I've learned a ton about. I could do an episode off my brain right now, yeah. but I'm saving it. But then you have Winterberry Holly and American Holly, which mm-hmm. are toxic AF. Yeah. Um. So... The distinguishing and the berries look similar to the leaves. If you look yeah. at the leaves, you can they're well, obvious. Well, the the berries of the yapon are toxic, also. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. But you can strip. I got some drying right now. Um, the leaves make a black drink, which mm-hmm. is an excellent cough. Any cap, a caffeine substitute is supposed to taste a lot like green tea. Some people say it don't taste that good at all, but if you add honey, yeah, you can make good. anything taste good. Yeah, honey and or peppermint tea. If I don't like the way an herb tea tastes. Throw yeah. in a bag of peppermint, peppermint tea, and the peppermint overwhelms the flavor of anything else. Peppermint, honey, yeah. But I'm ready. Tea right up. I'm ready for those to dry. I might go ahead and throw them in the oven and roast them on to finish them off because I'm really excited to see how I react to the caffeine in the Yopon Holly. Because to me, it takes like green tea isn't enough caffeine to get me going like coffee does. Right. But coffee... I would imagine it's similar to, like, black tea. Black yeah. tea ha- contains caffeine. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same level as coffee. Yeah, but coffee gets me going really good. But if you drink too much, you get jittery. And, then like, I get the feeling flush and you get the crash. Where the Yopon is supposed to balance that with its other characteristics. You get, like, the push of coffee it ain't like 70 percent of what coffee contains is caffeine mm-hmm. so you can just drink a little more of it yeah and get the same amount of caffeine but with the antioxidants and the other qualities that it has that we'll dive into in a later episode um it should balance out you don't get the jitters from it it's healthier for you and you still get that i'm excited to try dish. some yeah and now i'm really craving some hazelnuts <laughs> um so yeah so i will drop all the links to I found several books I want to buy that were mentioned in a couple of those articles. I'll drop those articles and 
on the blog I was referring to in the podcast notes and the show notes. Yeah. We would realize this is kind of a shorter episode for everybody. Yeah. I'll um, drop a link to May Soap Company in the show yeah, notes. One hundred percent. We support her. She uses all natural products. Like she's all got a natural. kudzu soap that she yeah. you know, wild crafts her kudzu. Um, I know she just got some beef tallow from a local mm-hmm. um, butcher shop just up the road that she was going to yeah. try to um, render down for her own beef tallow. So She has vegan options. Yes. She's got really great options. I love her soap. My favorite was we have the local brewery, Folklore. Mm-hmm. That she, she that's how we soap. met her. Yep. And she took their porter, the Shadowcaster porter, and made soap out of that. She's got a, a, my favorite soap is her Dirty Girl soap. Which is use coffee, ground coffee. Oh, yeah. In it. Yeah. I love it's that. It's very one. exfoliating. Yeah. That's my favorite. It hurt like the Dickens. It does. I love it. <laughs> you, know, you just got to toughen up. But it smells so good. It does. It, I like it. I like it a lot. It's very exfoliating. Yeah. We'll also drop. Our soap is really great. Of course, we have new shirts available. Yeah. That you look pretty good. Um, not necessarily our logo, like the logo that's on. The podcast page I, we really like, but did it. We simplified the main logo that we used on like the t-shirts, and I think it looks really good. Um, very easy to kind of change up for any season. Any season, whatever we yeah. Do. So very exciting. You guys check that out. Um, we'll be working on getting some new merch too, like uh, maybe some Christmas mugs or mm-hmm. uh, something. Something coming up for the holiday season for you guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate your support. Yeah, that, Speaking of support, we would really like to um we would really like to do a Patreon for you guys um to just really get in there and give something back to you guys for all your support. Uh so if you have any ideas on what you would like exclusive access to through a Patreon, uh us send us an email. Absolutely. Um, at weeds at gmail.com. Email us and you can email us whatever you want. Um, complaints, concerns, uh, stories of your own, um, whatever. That's where yeah. you can find us. You can also do the contact link on our website, trees-in-weeds.com. We also have a group on Facebook where you can mention all the things there as well. Um, we can open up any kind of discussion on Trees and Weeds Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Native Trees and a Bag of Weeds Podcast or NT Bow. NT Bow. Um, and then of course our personal pages. Mm-hmm. Make sure to check out um the Etsy shop, Messy's yeah. Bag of Weeds, where we are completely stopped on Marty's Miracle Salve. Yes. Um, more lavender bomb coming right around the corner. Uh, I did. Balm. I did sell out of the lavender balm um, this week. So you've got your pretty pumpkin lotion bars. That smells so good. Yeah, to get your white girl out and be mm-hmm. smelling good for all your Halloween parties. And I think that's gonna about wrap it up. I think it is. Um, but yeah, we absolutely appreciate you guys. Would appreciate any support so we can uh, jump up to two microphones here sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep this thing rolling. Yep. And until then, nature knows more than we do. Just got to learn about it.